Reflect on the Bellissimo Files podcast. We have hundreds of chats with the world's biggest stars on file. Get your hands up. Catch the Bellissimo Files live on spin every Saturday morning from 10. But for now, let's open this file. This is the Bellissimo Files podcast. The Bellissimo Files podcast. Let's go with Serena Bellissimo. Hey, how's it going? Hope you're having a great start to the weekend. There's a big Bellissimo Files on the way this week. Jenna Ortega is going to reveal what really happened when Ghostface called her. Charlie Puth talks new music and gets all comfortable during our chat. Leah Hart will be sharing her favourite things. Ella Henderson talks being brave. And up next, I'll introduce you to our one to watch, Viscos. The Files. One to watch. This week's One to Watch is an Irish electronic pop artist who is set for a jam-packed year full of exciting releases, visuals and projects. And just this week, he released his latest track, ILY. It is Viscos. Viscos, welcome back to The Bellissimo Files. Hello, Serena. Thank you for having me back. It's a pleasure. It's so great to see you've got new music out. But before we talk about that, I think you were on the show about six to eight months ago. What have you mm-hmm. been up to since then? So what have I been up to? Well, it's been an uneven of dipping in and out of gigs <laughs> here and there. So after I released the first single, which you debuted on your show, thank you again. It had great a great reaction. It grossed over 20,000 streams on Apple Music. It got on some major dance playlists, which I was so excited about. I went on to release my second single then in October called Peace of Mind. Also great reaction from that. And then in between, I've just been gigging where I can when gigs are able to happen. This summer, I played my first festival at Mother. How was that, Viscose? It was incredible. I honestly couldn't ask for a better performance. And just to have my first festival that I played be an LGBTQ festival was just very heartwarming. And I'm so happy that they reached out and asked me. Um, So yeah, that's just a little bit of what I've been up to. (laughs) So how does it feel now knowing that, you know, you do have a year filled with projects that you plan to release and perform at gigs? It feels great because in that time frame, I did go through a lot of, you know, as I'm sure everyone did, moments of um, lack of inspiration and I just wasn't feeling it. It's very hard, you know trying to write music in the middle of an industry that didn't really feel alive. So when I did, it was great because I now have like a brand new set list. You know, I'm working on new music, new ideas. So yeah, it was good time. I don't want to say too much, but it was good. It was good time to really get a fresh start. I don't only love your music. I also love your philosophy. You've said as an LGBTQ plus artist, you want to make your mark on pop music and remind listeners that quirky is cute. Be yourself and never apologize for it. How long did it take you to get to that point? Because that's really hard, isn't it? Yeah, that's definitely not easy. I think it, it comes from me being in college and I think about when the music I was trying to write when I was in my early stages, I was trying to write, you know, very commercial, what Ireland will call commercial pop, you know, music guitar, very singer-songwriter vibes. And um, I thought that that's what I had to do in order to get in the public eye. And I found that true experience. I was like, no one's connecting with me. And I was like, I'm not really connecting with myself, to be honest. So it was only like a few years ago and only these past two or three years that I've really kind of got courageous in my my fashion and my visuals and, you know, that kind of bravery and not afraid of being yourself. That's where you really kind of step out of the crowd and where you become more visible. So, yeah, it wasn't easy, but... um. It's definitely something that everyone should push themselves to do because why would you want to blend in? That's what makes the world so interesting when we're all thriving Mm -hmm. 
because we're happy being ourselves, which as, as we said, it's not always easy, but it's what we should all be pushing each other to do. Um, and I'm thrilled that you're doing that right now, because as I said, you've just released your new track, ILY. Uh, what's this one all about? This song is, I wrote this song almost two years ago at this stage, oh, when really? we first went into lockdown. Yeah, it was a long time ago. It's been a long time in the works, but I did want to save it for when it was really ready because I really love it. I wrote it about a hypothetical situation of um, when you're feeling a certain way for someone, but you would not be a good match together. And you kind of know it, but you're like, please don't make me say I love you because I think I do. But if I don't say it, we don't have to continue with it. Kind of an unhealthy relationship with a person, but masked in pop disco music. <laughs> well, it is it is a lot of fun and I can't <laughs> wait for you to be playing it live. If people want to find out where you're playing next, what music you're releasing next, give us your social handles. Yeah, so my social handles would be Viscose Music, Twitter and Instagram, and then just Viscose on Facebook, Viscose Music on TikTok. I have no current gigs planned, but I am thinking about some kind of headline show, you know, with some cool support acts and some whole eleganza show. So I'd be keeping your eyes peeled for that. Cannot wait to have you announce that, Viscose. It's the Bellissimo Files. The Bellissimo Files. On spin. Hey guys, how are you? Hello. Good, how are you? I'm good. Sonia, I need to start with you because how does someone who, in your own words, is a huge baby who gets scared easily, (laughs) not only sit through a screen movie, Uh they make her acting debut in one? Yeah, it's it's funny. It's like a, it's a contradiction really because I am so terrified of everything, jump scares, um, blood, I cannot in real life, I will faint if I see any sort of blood, but I think that that's what kind of intrigued me and made me want to do it also. Cause I was just such a huge fan, but I like to do things to like step out of my comfort zone. And I like to face my fears, if that makes sense. <laughs> this was the perfect opportunity to do that. And it was a crazy experience. Yeah. <laughs> Well, someone who had to face her fears is you, Jenna. It's not a spoiler. It is all over the trailer. We see Ghostface coming for you. How much acting did you really have to do in that scene? Kind of a lot. And the only reason why is because technically it was really complicated. We would do, it's a long scene within itself because, it. you know, I'm on the phone with Ghostface and then he comes into my home and tries, you know, and basically... I think when you when things are technical like that, there's a lot going on in your head. So it's almost harder to pay attention to your actual job. So it's like um, I know, for example, there's a moment where I get a text on a screen from um, Amber and she says, this is not Amber. And I found out it's Ghostface and Ghostface is on the on both phones. But but basically, like I pressed something wrong on the phone and it took me to a YouTube video of a German shepherd welcoming a soldier from war and it was like the sweetest most heartwarming thing on the world but i had to pretend like i just received the worst news in my life <laughs> this killer was about to you know attack me or, or or my friend and um it was like little things like that that like you don't really think about or it's like oh man i missed my mark it's things like that where i was getting very in my head mikey what was it like for you turning up to set and seeing the legacy cast there it was crazy i was pretty nervous to meet them at first and I actually we met them at a dinner we all had dinner with them before we started filming and yeah I I was nervous just because I know like what a big part of their lives this movie has been but everybody was so kind and and really welcoming so 
It was a great experience. We got really lucky. And Jenna, finally, audiences are both excited, but also there's a little bit of nerves when it comes to the film because there's so much love. But I love that you've said that you feel like they've made an amazing love letter to Wes Craven. Do you think that's how fans are going to feel after they've seen this as well as as being scared? Yeah, I can honestly say that I've never felt such a special uh, special energy or presence on a project. And I think that everyone, um, because we all were fans and we all wanted to do our best, everyone really put their best foot forward. And um, I think it's like when two actors have really great chemistry and it's super obvious on screen, I I think that our, our respect for the franchise and our respect for Wes and Kevin and the incredible world that Nev and Courtney and David and all of them came together and created, um, I think it translates, which is really exciting and I think will be really special for audiences. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as audiences will. Thanks for taking the time to chat. Thank you. Let's go! Double Listener Files. What to watch. What to watch. Yes, it's movie time now on the Listener Files. And joining me on the line is Entertainment.ie's Deja Malumbi. Dee, this is a week that a lot of kids have been looking forward to, but I have to put my hand up and say I too have been looking forward to this week. You know, it's funny. I am not as big a fan of Sing as I am for other like kind of products from Illumination Entertainment. These are the same guys that were behind Despicable Me, Minions and The Life of Secret Pets. Uh, sorry, The Secret Life of Pets. Um, but I was never that big a fan of Sing, but I'm glad that the kids love it. Oh, I love it. And I was so excited um, to hear that we're getting a sequel this was supposed to be out last year, like a lot of films. It was pushed back. It is finally out. All-star cast in this. Matthew McConaughey playing a koala. Matthew McConaughey, he's back as the koala Buster Moon, which I think is a fantastic name, by the way. You've got <laughs> Reese Witherspoon in there playing Rosita, Scarlett Johansson as Ash, uh, Tori Kelly as Mina, and Nick Kroll as Gunther. And the gang are all together. They're heading out to the entertainment capital of Red Shore City, having made it, you know, in the small town. They're looking to bigger dreams now. Uh, so they convince a media mogul there named Jimmy Crystal, who is this big, like, you know, vicious wolf, uh, to let them put on a show. But it could end up a disaster because they have have to convince retired rock legend Clay Calloway to join them on stage. And who is Clay Calloway voiced by but our own Bono? Let's take a clip. So what's the show called? Gunther, you uh, you want to uh, tell Mr. Crystal what it's called? Uh-huh, it's called Out of This World. Out of This World. That's right. Just imagine it. A spectacular musical that takes your audience out of this world. I want to run. I want to hide. I want to tear down the walls that hold me inside. A clip there from Sing 2. As we went into that clip, Dee, you were telling us that Clay Calloway is played by Bono. Yeah, and you know what? It's so weird because Bono, for some reason, for the like speaking lines of this character puts on this weird gravelly voice. And I kept on listening to it thinking like, okay, I know that the singing voice is going to sound like Bono, but is this, is this also Bono? You know how sometimes with characters, they change the singing and speaking voice, but apparently it is him. I found it very distracting him putting on a voice for it. I, I was going to ask you the same thing because I was watching it going, maybe it's not Bono. Maybe he's another character. And I kept waiting for him to enter, but then he sang and I went, there is no doubt that that is Bono. I mean, look, I think that this movie 
for me anyway, didn't quite work. I think that this is mostly for the kids. Like you can't deny the singing talents of the cast. They're all absolutely extraordinary. Like whenever Taron Edgerton sings, I just think he's um, fantastic. Yeah. But there was almost too much music in Sing too. Like whenever the characters weren't singing, there was like different like pop songs blaring through the soundtrack. And I usually love music, but I was like, I would have loved to just get a minute, gotten a minute to breathe and to like let these characters kind of, I don't know, just evolve a bit more or something. I found them generally a bit like flat and typecast. That's just me personally. I mean, I'm like a big Disney nerd, so I will always automatically compare <laughs> animation to that. And of course, Cartoon Saloon, they're extraordinary as well. So for me, it wasn't brilliant, but it was it was fine. It's a nice movie. It's well-intentioned and it's it's generally sweet and feel good. Yeah, I thought it was a bit of fun. Does it live up to the seat of the original? Probably not. Is it fun? Will the kids enjoy it? Will you enjoy it? Yeah. I, I know it's not all about me, but I'd probably give it about a three and a half out of five. What would you give it out of five, D? Probably three out of five stars. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, not bad. There's another film out in cinemas. I'm not going to even try and pronounce this name. It's an Irish film. I think it's Dinan. So it's spelled D-O-I-N-E-A-N-N. So apologies if I've mispronounced that now. Um, it's an Irish language movie. It is set on a remote island off the west coast of Ireland where an investigative journalist is taking care of his wife. She was suffering from uh, postpartum depression. Uh, she disappears one day as a storm is approaching. So there's kind of a, a time clock on when they can kind of find her and everything. And this local retired detective called Leisha uh, begins investigating. She discovers that all is not as it seems. So is this a horror, a thriller? What are we looking at? It's kind of crime drama thriller. Okay. Like it's funny, when I was watching this, it just seemed like it almost seemed like it should have been like made for TV. It's something like, you know, a thriller along the lines of Smother or something like that, you know, playing off whodunits or Scandi Noirs with their kind of rural backdrops. Um, I'm not sure if this quite kind of worked for me. I found it a bit too exaggerated. It almost reminded me of something like a soap. And then it takes various twists and turns, which almost get like too, too much. I don't know. It was almost like I found it a bit silly or something. It could have almost been a comedy, but it was taking itself a bit too serious for that. Um, I think that there is a good sense of enigma through it. You kind of want to know like how the mystery is going to play out and who really did it and blah, 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 what really happened. And I think that there are great lead performances from uh, Peter Coonan, who people will recognize from Love Hate and Breed Brennan as well, who plays uh, Leisha, the local retired detective. Um, for me, it didn't quite gel, but I think it was an interesting um, experiment and one that's worth like checking out. And like I said, as well, like the Irish language efforts in it as well are really deserve applause. Yeah, I was going to say, is it exciting to see not only an Irish film, but an Irish film getting made in Irish? Yeah, and I almost wonder if it was like because it was in the Irish language that the actors were almost kind of over-exaggerating, kind of trying to communicate because, you know, if people didn't have the language or whatever, yeah. maybe that was like part of the approach to it. But I mean, for 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 my uh, for my money, I mean, I just think that that um, Irish famine movie, it's called Monster, but that's been the best kind of Irish language movie I've seen in the last few years. This was still, it was still quite good. Okay, what are you going to give this out of five? I'm going to give this three out of five stars as well. Okay, not bad. There's other films that are out in cinemas this weekend. And if you want to find out all about them, you know what to do. Tune in to We Love Movies tomorrow morning from eight o'clock with Gordon Hayden. DJ Malumbi, as always, thanks a million. Thanks for having me. The Bellissimo Files. Favourite things. Favourite things. Yo. 
joining me to share her favourite things this week is one of my favourite artists who this week releases her brand new single, Taking Back My Heart. I am, of course, talking about Leah Hart. Leah, welcome back to the show and congrats on the new single. Thank you so much. Oh my God, I'm so excited for it to come out. And thank you so much for having me on today as well. Oh, look, we get very excited when we hear you've got new music on. So besides feeling excited, how else are you feeling? Yeah, like I think the week of release, there's always kind of, there's definitely nerves in there, but um, definitely more excitement than nerves. I think like, yeah, you just want people to love it as much as you do and hopefully get it. And yeah, just, I can't wait to see everyone's reaction and stuff. So I think there's a whole mix of emotions. What's this new single about? So yeah, Taking Back My Heart, I think it's kind of and like the start of a new chapter for me. Um, a lot of my previous stuff is obviously very poppy and upbeat and although this has all of that as well I think there's definitely like a more kind of mature and like serious side to it as well so yeah it's really about like kind of knowing your self-worth and if you know you're not so happy with something you're not scared to let them go and take back your heart there's a pop kind of production behind it as well like there's a load of drums in there which is going to make it so exciting to play live how are you feeling about playing live have you started looking to set up some gigs and stuff because it's happening leah we can actually go out and do these things again i know i know yeah before christmas i actually was meant to have two of my own shows in the academy and um, but we postponed them to april which Actually, it's turned out really well. We've upgraded to the main venue now, um, which means there's more tickets and everything. So there's still tickets available on Ticketmaster for that. So yeah, I'm really kind of starting to get ready for that now because they'll be my first ever Irish headline shows, which I've obviously been dying to do for like the longest time now. Well, Leah, that's all happening in April, but right now we want to get to know you a little bit better through your favorite things. Are you ready? Yes, I'm so ready. Let's do it. What TV show are you obsessing over right now? Um, right now, Euphoria. I think anything with Zendaya in it at the moment, oh, she's just insane. So yeah, I can't stop watching Euphoria, I'm obsessed. Season two is on my list and I, I, I'm debating, do I start watching now and watch it weekly or do I wait until the very end so I can binge? I honestly wish I did have the power to wait until the end and binge, but I just can't do it. Like knowing there's a new episode, I have to go straight and watch it because it's just so good. And you don't want spoilers either. Okay, I'm people. starting it tonight then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> your go-to film? Um, probably A Star Is Born, uh, Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. The songs in it are insane. Yeah, they're incredible. <laughs> do you have a favorite book? I think my favorite author is Sally Rooney. So at the moment, I'm actually reading Conversations with Friends, which is really good. So yeah, I'd say her. What song should everyone have on their pumped up playlist? The new Charlie Puth song, Light Switch, is very like feel good, upbeat, but as well, anything with Joel Corey just gets me in the mood to work out. <laughs> yeah. Your favorite album? The past like, I'd say four or five months, I've just been obsessed with You Signed Up For This by Maisie Peters. Every song is just a banger on that album. Yeah, I'd say uh, this is going to be her year that she just totally blows up. Oh yeah, 100%. Her songs are amazing. Like for her first album, it was insane. So that's what I'm striving for with my new music. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have an album in the works? Um, I don't have an album. Obviously, it's on it's on my list. Um, but at the moment, I am definitely I have a lot of music and a lot of music will be released this year. So maybe some new projects, but I can't really say exactly what they are just yet. Oh, I love that. That mysterious. <laughs> just keep your eye on this do you have a favorite podcast oh i love listening to the writer is i think yeah, Sole it, mentioned this yeah it's basically i don't know if it's every week or monthly there's a load of episodes out now but it's um basically writers from all over the world come on like some of the biggest writers and it's like maybe an hour podcast of just like 
you learn so much like all about their writing types and writing certain songs and stuff like I think Julia Michaels has been on it and Jeremy Zucker and stuff so when I'm in, like in the car it's just so interesting to listen to. What app can't you live without? For me it's either like voice notes on my phone or videos like I always video like chord progressions and I'm like don't forget that or voice notes just like even if I wake up in the middle of the night and think of a melody, I just like put it into my voice notes and I listen back in the morning and I'm like, oh, what? What was I even thinking at that time of night? But yeah, I actually couldn't live without either of them because my camera roll and voice notes are just filled with like hundreds of ideas. Have you ever turned one of those midnight thoughts into a song? Definitely like a little tiny section of it or like an idea. I definitely haven't taken the whole thing been like banger written at three o'clock in the morning. But <laughs> <laughs> Your favourite account to follow on social media? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I think James Cavanagh. Do you know him? He's from Dublin. Yeah, he is just yeah. hilarious. He cracks me up so much. If I ever need a bit of a boost, I just go on and watch his videos. And your favourite thing to do on a weekend? I don't know. Obviously, like seeing family and um, maybe having a lion. And I love having my weekend where there's not too much work on and I can just sit down and like write without like only having like an hour to do so and stuff. So I love, like I write a lot on the weekends. This weekend though, I'm hoping you're going to be spending celebrating the release of your new yes. single, yeah? Oh, 100%, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about your new single, I'd love to play it out here on the show. So before we do, I just want to say thank you so much, Leah, for joining us. If people want to see you play your new single live, tell, give us those dates again. Where can they check you out? Yes. So the 19th and the 20th of April, the tickets are on Ticketmaster and you can find it on my page either in my bio. And yeah, it's gonna be so much fun in the Academy main room. So please come. <laughs> Cannot wait. But in the meantime, we can listen to your new track. Leah, always great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. No, thank you so much for having me. It's the Bellissimo Files. The Bellissimo Files. On Spin. Charlie, how's it going? It's going really well. I'm having a nice time. I'm very happy the song is being uh, so well received. It is so good to see you back and so good to see you back with music that we're all enjoying. But how does this happen just by accident? I, I, well, I mean, it did happen by accident because I was just not thinking, in my opinion, the best music is made when you're not thinking about making music. Yeah. And I was having fun thinking I was just going to show a little tutorial on how to make a song. And it turned into a real song. I didn't think it was, it wasn't necessarily a joke song, but I never thought it would turn into something like this. The last time I met you was here in Dublin back in 2015. And so... Baby. Baby. Yeah, and like so much has happened for you and so much has changed. But then I was thinking some things remain the same. Like at the time you were talking about, you know, years before you'd started uploading your music to YouTube because you thought, you know, that was a way to break in. And now, yeah. before TikTok was even a thing, you started turning to TikTok to make your music. Why? How? And what did people think when you were mentioning, I think I'm just going to focus my energies here. I don't know. To answer the first part of your question, I've just always been so, so, so obsessed with the internet. And the internet is just a breeding ground for people's reactions because that, that, that's really, if you think about it, that's what the internet is the most. It's for people reacting to things. It always has been like that. It's informative, sometimes not informative, sometimes it's stupid, but it's all just very, um, sorry, I'm very comfortable with you right now. Where, where are you? You're looking very comfy. I am in my bed because I don't care anymore. I'm just kidding. I, I'm in my bed and I'm comfortable and I feel like you're going to get the best answers out of me that way 
is it nice, Charlie, to be at that point of your career where, and it's not that you don't care, you do care, but okay. you, you're comfortable with who you are? Yeah. I think when you met me in 2015, I didn't know what it was like to be an artist. And I maybe was putting a little bit of a front on. I was still a genuine person, but. And you were still a sweetheart. I listened back to that interview and I just went, oh my God, you were, you were a real sweetheart. Well, that means a lot. Thank you. I, I try and remain as humble as I, as I possibly can, because at this point, there's nothing I don't think I'll ever be totally impressed with myself. I think it's more of like a way to my being here is to teach music. If I weren't a musician, I would be teaching the music and I just get a certain joy out of like imparting wisdom. If that makes sense, whatever wisdom I have to offer. Is it just the wisdom though, or is it, cause it is great. As I said before, it's great to see you sharing. Cause you know, a lot of people in this business go, if I know something, I need to keep it within because if I share it with you, you might take my place. And that's not what happens. But it's more than just that, isn't it? It's not the wisdom. It's the connection that you have with people through your music. And that's why TikTok is amazing because there are no barriers, are there? No barriers. And people are being very vulnerable on TikTok, which in turn has made my composition skill more vulnerable. This album, I'm going to call it Charlie because it's my most personal work it's the most vulnerable I've ever been and yeah that's a very artist thing to say like oh this is my most vulnerable work ever but it's a big deal for me because I've never put out music that's super vulnerable maybe a couple of songs attention and we don't talk anymore but I've never made an entire project that's the truth you put it all up on TikTok you've said that you want your fans to know the titles of the songs that are going to be on the album before the album even drops. Yeah. How does your record label feel about that? Because especially now at this time where people can be sampled before something is even out there. Good. That's what I want to happen next. When I was making Light Switch, I got so happy when there was a YouTube video with millions of views of the bootleg of somebody had meticulously splice together all the TikToks into one song and put it up as a full quotation song on YouTube. And yeah, it sounded kind of wonky because some of the videos were recorded, were recorded far away and some were recorded really close, but he or she put it all together to tempo and people were listening to that because they were so deprived of the real version. And I just, mm, I just loved it. I got, I don't know. I don't know what that is, but I, I loved it. I that's probably going to be in your next song. <laughs> it could be. Yeah. Don't test me. I might do it. Charlie, how did you get to this point of being so comfortable? I don't know. I just uh, trial and error and kind of growing up being 30 now. I had so many times where I tried to be the cool guy and it never quite resonated as much as me just uploading a video of me being myself, my dorky musical self and not worrying about being the cool artist that needs to hold on to their music until the very end and then just surprise drop it. That works for a lot of artists, a lot of artists that I love, but I'm just not that artist. I am the overshare, the overshare artist. New music, the world's reopening. Does that mean a tour? Maybe see you back here in Dublin? Oh, Dublin's one of my favorite places to be. Yes, 
logistically, of course, there's things to work out with not just my tour, but every art. I talk to other artists and they're they're figuring it out the same way that we're figuring it out. But we want nothing more to, than to get back out on stage and play uh, for real life people. Looking forward to seeing you in Dublin and I'm so excited that you have new music out. Thank you so much for chatting. It's so such a pleasure talking to you. And again, it's been too, too long of a time. Break it down. The Bellissimo Files. What did I miss? Five, four, three, two, one. A lot has been going on this week. And if you're like me, you've probably missed half of it. That's why producer Aoife is joining me to talk through the stuff we may have missed this week. Aoife, how's it going? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. You're very excited because there's a TV show that you won't stop going on about. Oh, Serena, now I know I'm gonna. it's going to take some convincing of you for this one. But as we know, everyone last year talked about Squid Games. We were obsessed with it. I but- did watch it, but I watched it through like... Quote, like my hands were in front of my face and it was just I was watching it because I just wanted to see what everyone else was saying and it was good but it was just too gory for me yeah yeah there, but there was a good story behind the gore as well yeah. and um, Netflix have sort of been bringing us a lot of like Korean Japanese shows all that kind of thing so for fans of Squid Games there's a new show that has come out yesterday it is called All of Us Are Dead and it's a coming of age story based in a school that's taken down by a zombie apocalypse. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you lost me. Eva, you lost me at the title. Like, you didn't. You don't even have to go into what it's about. That has to be Gore City, yeah? I think it will be. I think it'll be very similar, but apparently, people who like Squid Games, it's going to be right up your street. Um, it is based on a original, like, webtoon, I believe, that was out in between 2009 and 2011. But, uh, yeah, whole new live-action version of it is on Netflix as of yesterday. So if you're looking for something to watch this weekend and you were a fan of Squid Games, I would highly recommend. And then if that's too gory, we know that um, Netflix have confirmed that a second Squid Game is coming out. We don't yes. know when yet, but a we second series has yet, been commissioned. So hopefully All of Us Are Dead will fill that Squid Games hole in your life until then. <laughs> <laughs> Well, look, can we move on now? Because I think I'm all gored out. And I <laughs> I want to talk about a history-making moment. And yet again, it features our very own Katie Taylor. She is going to be headlining at Madison Square Gardens on the 30th of April. It has just been announced. She's going to be going up against Pu- uh, Puerto Rican Amanda Serrano. As I said, at the 30th of April, Madison Square Gardens. The reason why it's a big deal is it's a female headlining fight. The first yeah. time ever. I cannot believe this is the first time ever in Madison Square Garden's history that this is happening. I'm so thrilled for Katie Taylor. So am I. And I just, I would love to be there. <laughs> I would love <laughs> yeah. to be able to go and see it in Madison Square Garden. What a venue. It'll just be an incredible Yeah, thing. and and you know what? She's really excited as well. Um, and even uh, Amanda has come out and said, what an amazing moment this is for them. Because, yes, they, don't get me wrong, they're both in it to win it. Yeah. <laughs> but... <laughs> It is an amazing moment to be part of. It is history making. Yeah, absolutely. And I know uh, we're very excited for our Katie Taylor. Yeah. But there was some other Taylor news this week that I found hilarious in some ways, but also maybe not in others. (laughs) So (laughs) lovely Taylor Swift and her Swifties have absolutely taken over Twitter again. Taylor, um, probably rightly so, called out Damon Albarn, who you might know from Blur and the Gorillas. He made a comment about her and her songwriting and how maybe she doesn't write all of her own songs. And of course, what was Taylor's... he thinking? 
aside from anything, you just don't want to come under fire of the Swifties. Like, they will go for you. But he said that he was taken out of context and it was all about clickbait and it was the journalist. But now, he, he had, had to have said something like that for it to be unreservedly, a title. unreservedly and unconditionally apologised to her. So at least he's come out and, As you know, should. has, has uh, apologised. But I just, you know, Serena, I've talked with many times on this show. I love Jedward and they just love to get involved in everything. And they, of course, jumped on this and got involved and jumped to Taylor's defense. They have well. not, because we know of Liam Gallagher from Oasis, but Jedward? Jedward. <laughs> from the Jedward account, they replied saying, Fake, you said what you said. You are degrading. Hope you understand, Jedward. <laughs> <laughs> Has Taylor responded to that one? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, Aoife, we will... Keep a watch on this and see if Jed would make another comment, if Taylor responds back. And if they do, you'll be the one telling us all about this next week in What Did Absolutely. I Miss? Absolutely. <laughs> Aoife, thanks a million. Thanks. It's the Bellissimo Files. The Bellissimo Files. On spin. Ella, how's it going? I'm good, thank you. What a way to start the year. A new single, an album on its way. You're supporting the script when they tour Ireland. How does that feel for you, especially more so than ever, coming off two years of uncertainty? I know it has been a whirlwind of a couple of years, right? I feel like we've kind of lost time, but um, I think I just wanted to do something that I think I finally feel ready to do. Um, Maybe COVID gave me a little kick up the ass for it as well. Um, But no, I'm just super excited to finally be releasing music. The album's coming in March and um, I don't know, I just feel like it's time. You've come out with a great first song brave you wrote this a few years ago why was this for you the song to kick off the album well I wanted to come back with a record that kind of that made sense to my life right now um also it's the start of the new year I wanted something that felt quite empowering and 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 hopeful um and for me brave's always been a special song but I think ultimately because over these last three or four years, I've definitely faced my own personal challenges in life um, behind the scenes. And I feel like this song kind of shows you that and, and explains that. And um, what I do love about it though, is that it's it's not a sad song where I'm sat there feeling sorry for myself. It's about actually like taking it by the horns and being like, okay, life goes on. And sometimes it is okay to not be okay. And sometimes we do need a helping hand in life and that's okay too. And um, we can't always be these gladiators and warriors through life. But um, yeah, and I wanted to share that with my fans because sometimes there's a real power and strength in being vulnerable as well. There really is. And sometimes though, we do also need that kick up the bump from ourselves to believe in ourselves and start backing ourselves. So Ella, how do you be brave when really behind the scenes you're sitting there going, I don't think I can do this. I'm actually afraid. How do you push through that? I think sometimes doing the things that don't feel too comfortable are like the the best things to try and do for ourselves. Because if you stay in your comfort zone, you're never going to, you know, get out of it and you're never going to experience change and develop as a human and as a person. Um, So for me, I think sometimes, I think the best thing as well is like being completely honest with yourself and taking time with yourself to understand what your truth is and what makes you really happy. Um, outside of even your career, whatever that may be, you know, it might be something that you realize, oh, I really love to do this, but I don't do any of it anymore. And why is that? Um, And I think once you build up this kind of pyramid of of life things, like who your real friends are, your bubble and who surrounds you, and you kind of get to this place and and you you eat well and and, and you're exercising and all these kind of things, I think are are really important. Um, But then on top of that as well, like definitely stepping out of your comfort zones and, and doing things that I guess do make you a little bit 
bit scared are quite good to challenge yourself with. Something that was stepping out of your comfort zone and I'm sure was a scary experience was auditioning for The X Factor. Ella, can you believe that that was 10 years ago? Like, that's just mad. (laughs) I know, it's crazy. Um, It's crazy to think that that was a decade ago. Um, But yeah, what a whirlwind and an experience that was. And I look back at that even and I think right now at 26, if you asked me to go on a TV show every Saturday and Sunday night to be judged for something I love doing, I would never put myself through it. So it's funny how when you're younger as well, in some areas you can be even more fearless than when you get older. So um, Yeah. yeah, it is bizarre. How have you found those last 10 years? Because as you said, you know, you've needed a break in between, but you've done some phenomenal things. Like when you look back, what are some of the standout moments that you go, hold on, I know I did it, but I look back now and go, what? Yeah, I think definitely in the early years um, of me coming into the industry, everything, I think at the time it was going so fast paced that you don't kind of realise what you're in and what's happening until you do take a step back. Um, One of the things I'll never get over is when I land in a country that I've never visited before and I hear my song or my voice on the radio like that. I just always find so bizarre. Um, There could definitely pinch me moments. Um, Going to the US and performing on the Ellen show and and the Today show and doing all of that. Going to Australia, um, landing in airports and fans being there like waiting for me with little signs and gifts and stuff like just all of that's very surreal because I'm definitely like more of like a small town girl from the north of England. So um, all of that's very bizarre. Your second album is called Everything I Didn't Say. What do you wish you did say all those years ago? And what are you hoping <laughs> to say now? Um, I guess there's no, there's no like big juicy secret to the album, which I probably should keep saying because then people want to listen to it more. Um <laughs> I think, do you know what? I think it's just more a case of I feel more comfortable in my own skin now. So I feel ready to talk and open up about everything and anything that I've kind of gone through or experienced. One of the things I have loved over your career is your collaborations. How have you found that experience? Do you know what? It's so funny because... I've, I've like magically created this kind of like whole dance realm that like I, I never really knew existed until I actually <laughs> put all the songs together and I'm like, okay, I've done quite a few dance records. Yes. Um, do you know what? They've all happened really organically, whether it's a really close friend in the industry, um, like the Jack Jones record that did so well. He's such a good friend of mine and a family friend. So we've known each other for years. Um, and his wife actually used to babysit me and live in the same village as me growing up. So it's either happened like that or I've started writing something or I've heard something that somebody's written and we just want to finish writing it together and we love it and I end up staying on it. Like it's always happened very organically, um, which is how the best collaborations I think do come about. Um, but yeah, I'm always open to it. I guess I never, I'm never going to put myself in a certain lane and stick to it. I'm always going to explore and experiment. And if it feels good and sounds good and I'm getting excited about it, then I'm kind of like, okay, well, I feel like people should hear it. You're touring with the script here in Ireland. How are you feeling about that? So excited. I cannot wait. I absolutely love those boys. I love Danny. And um, I just can't wait to get touring again and actually be able to travel around, visit Ireland again. You guys are always such an amazing crowd. Whenever you perform live to you guys, you just appreciate live music so much. So yeah, I'm buzzing. I'm very excited. Well, we cannot wait to have you back here. New music, new album on the way, and Ella Henderson in Ireland in 2022. It's sounding like a great start. Thank you so much, Ella. Oh, thank you. It's the 
Bellissimo Files. The Bellissimo Files. On spin. It's the Bellissimo Files. The Bellissimo Files. On spin. That brings us to the end of this week's show. If you missed anything or want to watch back the videos, you can do so. They're all up now on our website, spin1038.com. Enjoy what's left of the weekend and I'll catch you next week. Bye. It's the Bellissimo Files. The Bellissimo Files. On spin.